Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Deputy Director of Communications at the National Cannabis Industry Association. I'm pleased to be talking with one of our longtime members, Tony Frischknecht. He's the founder of Essential Extraction Corporation based in Loveland, Colorado, which supplies the necessary tools and knowledge for anyone to be able to extract their own botanical essential oils. In 2005, Tony got his start in the medical marijuana industry in Fort Collins, Colorado. He founded a small marijuana caregiving business called Highway to Healing. In the following years, he was involved in a number of cannabis businesses, including Open Vape, Organa Brands, and Ideal Harvest. He's also an author of a book called From Black Market to the Man, sharing his experience in the cannabis industry. And he also has a podcast called Plant Problems Podcast. Hello, Tony. Welcome to the show. Bethany, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Great to talk with you. You have tons of experience um, in our industry, so I I think this will be a great conversation. Uh, But let's start for our listeners uh, to learn more about you and your background. I know I said a lot in the intro about the various things you've done, but what did you do before getting involved in the cannabis industry? So I actually uh, worked with my hands. I grew up, my father was a carpenter uh, pretty much my entire life. Uh, So I spent a lot of time in his shop drilling holes in pieces of wood, nailing things, painting things, doing a bunch of little side stuff that he didn't want to do. So it kind of taught me how to work with my hands at a really young age. I was probably in there in between seven, eight, nine, ten, and up. Uh, then going into uh, my high school, middle school, high school years, I got my first full-time job in the summertime, of course, at, at 13. Um, and I was doing remodeling on exterior of homes. Uh, and then as I graduated high school, I went into uh, work doing that full-time. And then I was trying to find my way because I knew there was there was a place for me, but it wasn't necessarily a job. And when I say that, I mean a nine to five. And also going along with working with my hands and, and doing labor work, I was good at it. However, I didn't see a big future in that. So as I started my entrepreneurial experience in my early 20s, I kind of transitioned from labor through the food industry, interior and in indoor sales. I did a lot of that. And then um, I I got into uh, fix and flips and housing um, in real estate uh, remodels. So, and then that transitioned me into uh, a 
of course, uh, the 2005 era that you spoke about a few minutes ago. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a great background. Um, my dad also liked to do woodworking as the hobby, actually, and I believe our woodworking shed in the backyard was just as big as our house. So <laughs> I can totally relate to that. Um, so moving along, um, you know, in 2005, you took a different path. What happened there? You got into, got involved in the cannabis movement, uh, which is now an industry. H how did that shift happen? So in Colorado, early 2000s, uh, late, late 1999, 2000, up until about 2005, four or five time, the there was a housing boom happening. I know a lot of us are seeing that right now. So this is basically what was going on um, in Colorado. And so I thought that that was a great time to start doing fix and flips. However, I caught on the tail end of that trend. And unfortunately, it made it tough to make a living doing. So uh, as, as I was building my first real business, I was keeping my eyes open for new opportunities. And so that's where I kind of started looking into cannabis. And a little bit of a personal story is I didn't really think about it too much until I, I, my mom actually was diagnosed with uh, leukemia um, in late 99. So as I started talking about the cannabis industry with a, with a couple, um, a couple different people, I didn't seem to find it so taboo because I knew my mom had used some for her, um, you know, so she could eat and for her pain. I, I didn't see her ever use it, but I found her, her actually, her, her, her pipe laying around her bed a few different times. And I knew it was happening. I hadn't smoked any at that <laughs> point, but, um, but then when I started uh, exploring cannabis, I was like, well, you know, this is, this might be the direction. So so then I, I kind of transitioned to that, and I'm sure we'll, we'll dig into a little bit more of that. Yes, absolutely. Well, your, your mom was ahead of the curve there. It's, it's great to see some of the older generation using an herb, a plant that, that they need to feel better for sure. And that was over 20 years ago. So that's, I hope it was helpful. Yeah, it was very new back then. I mean, if you, you think about uh, the medical happened in 20, um, 2000, right in Colorado and in 96, I believe California. So it was really early when she, when she was actually using that for a medication. Sure. Yeah. It definitely wasn't cool yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So moving to present day, uh, the company that you're running is called essential extraction corporation. Uh, I'm sure there's many other things happening, but what, what's going on with you these days, uh, with that company and your, your other focus toward the future? Yeah. So I, I was able to take a lot of my experiences in cannabis over the, the last, over the last decade and really start figuring out what, what can I bring that's different? You know, the, the thing that, everybody loves about cannabis, at least what I've seen is, you know, the plant, they want to be able to, they, you know, they want to be able to make a profit off of selling the flower. And I've seen that, but it was a, it's a really challenging business because you have a lot of competition. So I got together with a couple other industry pioneers 
And we started talking about, well, what could we create that um, could help a wider variety of people? And so we started looking at, um, you know, these different extractions, because I'm super familiar with extractions as part of part of my uh, history in, in different businesses with open vape that you mentioned before. So we, we had we had some extensive knowledge in that. And we thought that there was a lot more to share and a, and a lot a lot get more people involved in understanding what extraction is, because extraction has been in our lives. It's been all of my life. And, you know, if you wanted to go back to several centuries with with steam distillation and stuff like that which is a form of extraction so we thought well let's get let's take something that's um highly sounds highly sophisticated let's try to simplify it and make it available to uh you know the small startup business um and also people that are just interested in creating their own formulations of of different oils so not only this this journey started with the cannabis and THC in mind, however, it's kind of migrated into essential oils, and so that's that's why we started the company, and and that's uh, that's why we're we're heading down this this road right now. Gotcha. Yes, extraction definitely. We can extract cannabis for oils and to either um, to either consume through vaporizers or or to infuse into. Uh, edibles or tinctures. Um, but yes, the extractions of all sorts of other plants like lavender and, and other essential oils, like you were mentioning, are, are used in so many products, um, perfumes, for example, right? Absolutely. Yeah. They're, and they, and all those, and there's also synthetic um, essential oils, right? Because they are cheaper. They, they, they can create these things uh, through chemistry. So, something like this, we wanted to be able to allow people to have control because so much of our, around our world right now, people want to know what's in their product. Well, there's no other way to, there's no better way of knowing what's in it is if you create it. So that's, that's where we, we saw an opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Empowering, uh, you know, the average person to take take their extractions into their own hands and create a product exactly as they would like. And who knows, that could also create some entrepreneurial ambitions. Uh, Once somebody really gets into it, it could start as a hobby and then turn into a career, I think. Yeah, yeah, that that's 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 exactly right. You know, you you hit the nail on the head. Uh, The extraction machines that are out there in the majority of the world right now, super expensive. So we're trying to minimize the size of these things and make them affordable for anybody to take advantage of them. Sure, absolutely. All right, let's take our first commercial break and then come right back and chat more with Tony about his journey in the cannabis industry. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. 
Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore with NCIA, talking with Tony Frischknecht, who currently is running Essential Extraction Corporation. But as I've hinted at, he has had a long journey through the cannabis industry, uh, even before more formal medical cannabis programs began. So, Tony, how did that work back then? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. It it was a completely different world. (laughs) You know, (laughs) the, the majority of people had heard about medical cannabis. They weren't really sure where to access it. They didn't know, well, if I had access to purchasing it legally, who would I buy it from? Where would I find it? There's no stores. It was, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of the issues of the, you know, creating this demand, but there's nowhere to, uh, to fulfill that demand. And and so when I started, uh, you know, I I, want to make clarify to everybody out there, you know, when I wrote my book from black market to the man, I didn't really understand the, the, the meaning with black market. And so, you know, talking about as a legacy market, which, uh, you know, I was introduced to a few years ago, kind of opened my eyes. So please don't let the, uh, let the title throw you off. It's Mm -hmm. still got some great information. Um, But the legacy market is where I dipped my toe into first. It wasn't for very long because I tell you what, the stress that is involved behind that is, is immense Um, because you're doing something that's highly illegal. um, that Mm -hmm. Most people wouldn't be doing. And of course you can't talk to anybody about it and Mm -hmm. you've got to make sure, you know, you've got to make sure you're covering your tracks. So you're not leading anybody to you so you can get in trouble. So for the first year, year and a half, that's what I was dealing with. And then I was like, there's gotta be a way for me to do this on the legal end. I understand that medical cannabis is, is coming forward, but I really don't, I really don't understand how to get involved. And I really had to Uh, take a leap of faith. Um, I had to go get my medical card, which was very interesting back then, because there was basically one doctor in the entire state uh, that would sign these prescriptions. Mm -hmm. But I I didn't know anybody who had a prescription for cannabis. So what is it going to take for me to get that right? So again, leap of faith and reaching out in those, those those areas of uncomfortability that, that us as entrepreneurs have to do in order to grow. And not just for entrepreneurs, but anybody, you just got to step out of your comfort zone. So, you know, quick story. I'm, I find out where to get my, uh, my cannabis card or my, my prescription. And I go down to Denver. I spend an entire day in this small little office with about 250 other people. (laughs) And, and they, they basically needed some information from my doctor um, so that they could, you know, fall within the regulations. And back then, the regulations were really minimal. Hmm. Um, it, you know, a lot of it was for pain. That, that was the majority of the reason why people got their prescription. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was anxiety. There was, and, and so, so on. But it was basically you paid your $200 fee. You stand there and waited. And then 
when your name was called, which took like six hours, uh, you walk in the door and the, and you speak with the doctor. And of course you guys out there are probably a lot of you guys are familiar. You understand how that conversation goes, <laughs> but, but that was really the beginning of this. And then going into, you know, the, how am I going to be a caregiver? All right. So mm-hmm. how am I going to do this? So I had a couple close friends that, uh, that had started me out, uh, in the industry, uh, a close friend of mine, he, he actually owned a hydroponic store and I would kick around ideas with him and he's, and we start talking back and forth. Well, you can only grow so many for so many patients mm-hmm. you can only grow so many plants. How many plants would that take? And then you just kind of go down the entrepreneurial story of, okay, what is it going to take to put this together legally so that if I am, um, if I do have to deal with the Fed, Fed or DEA or uh, local police, how am I going to protect myself? Mm. Sounds like a very, very lonely uh, journey back then, for sure. Uh, <laughs> couldn't tell anybody, kind of had to keep everything hidden. Like you were saying, don't lead people back to you. Yeah. And even in the medical side, because it was just such a gray area, you weren't, you weren't really sure how you weren't really sure who and how to trust anyone because nobody knew about how to, you know, no, the, the police didn't know for sure. So they would just, if anything happened, they would just say, okay, well, we're going to put you in jail now and we'll figure it out later. And so you didn't want to deal with that, right? No. (laughs) Wow. Well, fast forward to now where we have a legal industry and I can walk into a dispensary, show my ID, look at a menu and tell them exactly what I want, pay for it and walk out. It's wow. It's great. Um, I think most of us understand that this legal industry would not exist without the years and years of advocacy on behalf of like hundreds of cannabis activists across the country, um, from California to Washington, D.C. And I personally was based in Maryland in the 2000s and was involved in medical patient advocacy with the group Americans for Safe Access. And God, it was a different time. <laughs> what are some of your memories uh, from, from the advocacy years? I remember meeting some very, very dedicated people out there. There were, there were some people that all they wanted to do was they didn't understand why the plant was illegal and why there were so many issues with it. And they, they didn't see anything wrong with it. And, you know, that was a small majority, but they were starting to have fill meeting halls with people like this Mm -hmm. to talk about safety and consumption of medical cannabis and, how, you know, try to drum up these ideas of how me as a medical patient can have safe access, mm-hmm. you, you know, and, and a lot of the grassroots of this was safe access to medicine. I know uh, that that's not talked about nearly as much as it used to be, right? Because there's a lot, there's a lot bigger things to deal with right now, but that was the whole that, that, at least in Colorado, that was kind of mm-hmm. the whole movement. It's like, okay, we know people need it. We've got these people that have, they've got, you know, serious illnesses, cancer, AIDS, so many other things that, that they need it. But 
How can we get them safe access? Mm -hmm. And so I would go into some of these meeting halls, whether it be a city council or uh, just a, you know, locality meeting where they invite people in and, and have open discussions. And like nine out of 10 people were advocating for the, you know, safety part of this. And then they, and then every now, well, they, they would for sure throw one to two law enforcement in every time, every time. And they, it was funny because you, you would, you would see them and you're like, you, you know, they're there just because they were told to be there because they never had any really good arguments mm -hmm. for, for it. And so that was a big hurdle, right? Getting over this and just not talking about, well, it should be safe. Okay. So once we got to that, then we started talking about, well, these different stores and opening, opening up dispensaries and how are we going to regulate that? And then of course, in Colorado, we had a big explosion of, uh, you know, what they called the green mile, which was south of downtown. And it started, all these dispensaries started popping up and the city put the brakes on and said, whoa, 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 mm. we're not going to just have a Starbucks or a weed store on every corner. That was the, that was the, uh, the title they kept putting out there for against cannabis. So what had happened is all of a sudden that put on the brakes. And then we started talking about real regulation. Mm. That's when I really started seeing the movement happen and, and people started understanding medical patients though, are truly the, the heart of where all this started in it. And it's been, it's been a great, great run for them. And I know they, they, a lot of them would frown on the regulations that are involved, but it all started with safety. Mm -hmm. And so, and that took a lot of, of effort between the people, entrepreneurs in the industry and the regulators. So that was a big, big part of why we moved forward so quickly here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I quick anecdote. I remember sitting in a similar um, hearing in Annapolis, Maryland. We had brought nurses, doctors, patients, advocates to share their testimonies and just the questions back then, you know, if I knew then what I know now, um, you know, they were saying, how can we guarantee that there's no PCP in the, in the marijuana? <laughs> uh, just ridiculous, you know, and like, well, we have laboratory testing here in the future for not only that, but toxins, heavy metals, pesticides, all that fungus. So um, yeah, it's, it's been quite a journey. Absolutely. On that note, let's take our next commercial break and come right back and wrap up our chat with Tony Frisch Connect of Essential Extraction Corporation. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at shoogies.com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take anywhere treat. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. 
All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, chatting with Tony Frisch Connect. And we're talking about his many years long journey through the cannabis movement and industry before former medical cannabis programs even began. And then the rules changed again as the caregiver program became medical marijuana and then medical marijuana got its partner in adult use, which some people call recreational. Um, wow. What's, what are some takeaways that you have from just all of that change and, you know, every day something new and new regulations and just trying to keep up on uh, navigating the, the, the legal regulated cannabis industry with constantly changing rules. Yeah. So you, you, you definitely have to be fluid. You have to be fluid with your business plan. You've got to be fluid on the uh, directions you take as a business person, because as regulations are being built, it's just this ebb and flow. So you think you're growing, 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 and all of a sudden a hurdle jumps in front of you that's thrown out by regulatory or um, you know they're seeing something on the horizon that they don't like and they're going to stop it. You have to really suck up all the effort you put into one and just transition over to the next part. And, and, and as an entrepreneur, that, that's, that's definitely well known, but even more so in this, because a lot of the stuff that you have to find your route through is something that you're doing for the first time and the regulators are doing for the first time. Mm. So I, 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 I think one of my best things to offer advice to offer the listeners here is, is if you are in the cannabis industry and this is what your focus is, make sure you get in there and start building those relationships. A S A P. These guys will make your life so much better. Uh, They're going to tell you what needs to happen before you actually see a rule and regulation created by it. It's going to save you so much time. And it also allows you to help form and uh, create these regulations that are coming out that are going to be regulating your business. So true. And, you know, speaking of making the right connections, um, we had our sixth annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo two years ago at this point. Gosh, <laughs> we were in... San Jose and and you were in attendance. It was a great show. It was it was pre-COVID. It was in the before time. Um, but we are really happy to be getting back to the business of hosting our educational trade shows. Our seventh annual cannabis business summit and expo is happening this December in just a few weeks here, December 15th, 16th, and 17th in San Francisco at the Moscone Center. So be sure to check that out. Uh, The website's www.cannabisbusinesssummit.com. I'm going to have the podcast studio on the expo floor conducting some interviews. We've got great keynote speakers, of course, the huge expo floor. Uh, So that's a great place to not only meet people, but also enjoy our educational panel sessions as well uh, with some really great thought leaders and and pioneers such as yourself speaking uh, from experience. So 
I hope to see you in San Francisco, Tony, in just a few weeks here. And thanks for being a member of NCIA all these years as well. Where can people find out more about you or your work? So very easily. So I've got two podcast courses, the uh, EE podcast, which is uh, extractionessentials.com. You can go there and find that. I know it's just flip-flop, just essential extraction, extraction essentials, just flip-flop that for the podcast. And I also have plantproblem.com. That's plantproblem.com. We, uh, I, I speak about majority business and plantproblem.com on the extraction essentials podcast, we talk about the little extractor and how we can extract different formulations. So this is a great one for the novice or somebody just looking into what is extraction. It's a very simple thing. I talked to uh, a lot of really uh, interesting guys that are that are helping develop these formulations. Also, uh, you brought this up. Uh, we have in October, I love the San Jose event, guys. I want to push this. This is a great one to go to. Uh, San Jose is a great place for events. So NCI, thank you for putting that on. But we are also going to be at an event coming up at the end of October at MJ BizCon too as well. Uh, we're going to be booth number 7238. So guys, if you want to come learn about the extraction machine, please come check us out there. There'll be three or four of us around there and we can talk to you guys all about that. So Bethany, thanks so much for having me on. This was a this was great for me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It was it was great chatting with you. And you know, it's nice to talk to people that have been in this movement turned industry uh, to see the whole journey as well. So thank you for keeping up with it. And thanks Absolutely. to our listeners. <laughs> thanks to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of the Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.